Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gavin. With me tonight, I have got Keith and the return of Phil. Phil's returning for this one-off special. Um, listen, there's been loads of transfer stuff going on. Liverpool have signed two players. They're looking at a couple more. Um, but we thought we'd step away from it tonight, and we look at one of our, our all-time great players in a lot of people's minds, and it is Luis Suarez, El Pistolero, as he's known to uh, by his friends. Um we're going to do it in blocks tonight. We're going to look at your first thoughts on Lewis Suarez, where you first seen him. We're going to look at the controversies. We're going to look at the greatness. And then we're going to talk about where he ranks in uh, alongside other number nines in the game. Um, Phil, great to see you. How are you? you haven't great to see yourself. you, Gav. You haven't killed yourself on that bike yet. Not yet. Myself and Steve were out last night cycling yeah. around uh, Wicklow. As as we do, of a normal of a Saturday night, but now it's of a Monday night. And uh, Ray Dicko, I don't know, does Ray still do the pods? Or does he Ray do still the pods? does the pods. He, he takes most of the summer off. That's all right because I can understand that because I'm after fixing Ray's bike and Ray is joining the gang as well. So we're setting up a, a small. Oh, I see. I seen this thing today, right? And yeah. you sent me a picture saying I fixed Ray's bike, and yeah. immediately I thought Ray Brady, and I was like. Ray Brady's cycling around the mountains now as well, which would have been amazing. But I actually think it's more amazing that it's Ray Dicko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's over. Ray Dicko, Ray, looks Dick- like, Ray Dicko looks like the software has never been on a bike. Well, when I got the bike, it looked like he'd been on the bike once and fell off it, like, to be fair. Right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, Did you get the Lycra and all? Yeah, yeah. It's full on Lycra, Keith. It's like it's, there's no holding back. It's like the Tour de France if yeah. it was like a load of middle-aged old lads who are mm. like can't go very fast. But no, to be fair to Steve, he's he's definitely picked up. He went. I got him under um, an hour for his first twenty. It was the first time we did twenty k 
yeah. in under an hour since we started. Yeah. So that's great for Steve. Yeah, well, to be fair to him, we started off. We started off. He's doing about an hour and twenty minutes, yeah. um, an hour twenty-five, and now he's down to under an hour. And he's doing he's doing that race with me down in 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 uh, in, in Loch Derg in, in okay. September. Loch Derg up north. No, no, Loch Derg is on the border. Well, it's down in the, in so it's between Clare and Tipperary. What's the one so. up north? All right. Um. Yeah. Anyway, come here. Before we move on, I'm just thinking there. Do you remember years ago? With and we're going to Suarez now, right? But you remember years ago, um, when you the, the things you used to be able to buy for your bike, they were indicators for your bike. Yep. And you had to stick them on the back, and you could the click the button on. and it'll tell you you're going right and left. Yeah, yeah. They were mad, weren't they? Well, I've got a step forward for you, Gav, because right. I tend to drift off into these weird holes, right? So yeah. you can now get a helmet, right? Yeah. That has an, in, an indicator light in the back of your helmet, right? <laughs> yeah. And you've, you've a, the same with it, you've a button on the front, on the handlebars of your bike. Yeah. Left, left and right. So you can indicate left and right with your helmet. Yeah, helmet. Yeah, helmet. And there's one, at, there's one at the, at, one at the front as well. I actually, Andy texted me today and he said he's at the start and taking up the bike as well. So he's wondering, oh, can he join the, so we're, we're thinking of getting a day trip or cycling mm. club jersey. Yeah. And for you, it could be a great money spinner. A great money yeah. spinner because like cycling gear is mad expensive. You could sell like a, a cycling top for 150 euro a go. Right. Think about it. Think about uh, it. I, I leave that to you. I'm, I'm willing right. to let you run this and, and money spin off it. I have enough going on without trying to sell like to people. Um, Can I get a GoPro with... camera and, and take us on a cycle with me? Yeah, I'll put it live <laughs> on the, the mountains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we'd be shut down I'll fairly s- quickly, but listen, let's I'll strap it to my head. I'll strap right. it to my head. <laughs> nice. Okay. But that's what you should do with GoPros, isn't it? Put it on your head. Yeah. Yeah. Get anyway. one like your man that laughs at the trains. You know that fella that the trains go by and gets all super excited. One of them for Phil nah, that listen, head that's, Andy the when he sees the, that's Andy when he sees the planes landing at Dublin to, Airport, in fairness. Yeah, that's true. To, to be fair, I've taken a couple of falls lately, so they would have been excited when I fell down the side of a mountain uh, two weeks ago, so it was, uh, it was good crack. Um, Kev O'Sullivan says, and it's a good show, he says, can you imagine Phil's Amazon suggestion list? I'd say it's off the fucking wall. Um, and the AliExpress you know, one I'd, I'd say his Netflix one is mad as well, because the stuff he watches, you, you might like this. Uh, Loch Ney is the one up north, Gav, says O'Shea McGlinchey. Thanks, O'Shea. Um, Keith, how are you? Donned in your, in your Grêmio top for the... Coincidence, Gav. Coincidence. coincidence Just ass. a coincidence. I'll say you're this yeah. on Sunday. Just happened to have her on there today when we're doing a Louis Suarez show. No, I'm great. I'm intrigued by the idea of them indicators on a helmet for the bikes because I actually nearly killed a cyclist yesterday because yeah. she was cycling, right? And what does my head in with them is you're in a lane to go left yeah. and there's a lane to go straight yeah. and all the bike wankers congregate yeah. in the turning lane. Yeah. when they're going to go straight. So this little L one was in front of me. Now, she wasn't one of their Phil gang with the Lycra or anything on, but I was after having a bit of a run just in with a few of them. Right shopping. She was just on our bike, right? But yeah. I had a run in with a few of the Lycra, Lycra Brigade, a few traffic lights before this. So maybe I have the problem and it's not the cyclists. But this little L one was in front of me. And again, she was going, to, well, I thought she was in the turning lane again and she put her hand up to indicate. And that must mean going straight ahead. I don't know what the bleeding rules of the road are, but yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is she putting her finger up to me for? I was getting a bit annoyed at the poor little yeah. woman and I started beeping at her and all. She had a little wobble on the bike. Turns out she's just saying she was going straight ahead. But the little hat indicators would have went in, would have been yeah. handy for me then on that day because like, I went through a lot of road rage with them. I'm usually yeah. okay with them. I'm usually tol- tolerate them a bit, but yeah, yes, I had a bad day. So I like yeah. the idea of wearing the helmets with the indicators on. And definitely wearing All the of them should be mandatory. Around. 
mandatory mandatory indicators on their on their helmets. Yeah. Anyway, mandatory uh, indicators phenomenal on their helmets. Um, on a helmet. <laughs> okay. Um, and before look, we move off this topic, right, okay. are they extra big helmets to accommodate he, the wires and all that? Do you know what would be brilliant if, like had, big, if it was things. no? Do you know like if it was a, it was a helmet, a standard helmet, right? But the indicator shape was in the plastic, you know, off the side of them. So it was like, it was like the, the, the right and left arrow were like not part of the helmet. They stuck out of the helmet. They stuck out like yeah, just and they just came out like just yeah, no, no, they just like, like when they're making, the when, they're making the, when they're making the when they're making the mold for the helmet, right? Instead of it just being that roundy helmet, they should have the left and right in it, and then the LED is in it. So it's it's really stuck out from the helmet. Maybe anyone watching, any helmet makers out there, um, listen, you can have the idea. We're not we're not looking for royalties off it. Um, Remember what you say the first. Keith, anything else on helmets and bikes before we no. move on? No, no, no. It's in no. it's it's in my suggestion list on Amazon if you want. <laughs> it's a live all unisex uh, uh, bike smart smart bike uh, thing helmet. Right. Helmet there you go. With, with there you go. Look her up. Look her yeah. up. Um, p- people tuning in for the first time wanting to hear about Luis Suarez have now had eight minutes of us talking about helmets <laughs> and indicators. Wow. Um, we're going to absolutely fly through the subscribers tonight. I'd say. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the day trippers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where all the good work over the last couple of weeks just falls <laughs> on its ass. Um, anyway, Luis Suarez, um, an unbelievable footballer. Um, I still have me doubts over, over this thing where he's telling Gremio his ankle's not in the best and he oh, has to give up. Right. That's a spoof. He's going to Miami. He's going to yeah. Miami. Yes, I think, I think he's going to tell Gremio, lads, I'm not up for this. And then, like, he's going to go to Miami and just say, I got some horse placenta from Barcelona there and I'm brand new now. 30 million a year. Me and Messi are going to have a crack for two or three years. But, we're going to have to go on the pretense that Luis Suarez has given up, right? <laughs> just for this show alone. Luis Suarez, Nacional, goes to Groningen, onto Ajax, onto Liverpool, onto Barcelona, onto Atletico, onto Nacional again, and now I'm finishing with Gremio. Um, seven clubs, I think, altogether. But, Keith, your earliest memory of Luis Suarez, is it when he signs for Liverpool? I doubt it is, because you're a South American. You love the South American gear. Yeah, so. I do love South American stuff, and, and Suarez was on my radar, sort of when he was at Ajax, and it was more so because his name was Luis Suarez, and there was an old Spanish player called Luis Suarez, played for Barcelona and Inter in the 60s. So the name, it was like, okay, intrigued. And obviously I love South American football, and I love um, South American players. So you look into this fella, and you'd see a Ajax, he sort of blows up, and he's banging in goals. But I think people are always sceptical of the Eredivisie over the years, you know, especially when they come to the Premier League, you see players like Afonso Alves, who scored 120 goals a year over there, and can't kick fucking snow off a rope. So you're looking at him, but he's doing good numbers. But the first memory, I think, is the 2010 World Cup. It's the 2010 World Cup, is yeah, it is the 2010 yeah. World Cup, yeah. And he just he, he puts himself on the world stage as the pantomime villain, and it's one of the best things I've ever seen in football. And I don't think it very rarely will be very hard to beat what he done in the World Cup against uh, Ghana. It was one of the highlights of the World Cup ever for me. Not the people of Africa don't always agree with that. Gary Keith. Oh, Keith just stopped talking. He's frozen. Keith, Keith was saying the people of Africa <coughs> wouldn't agree with him there, which is which is fair enough. Um, 
But if he's talking about the the save, Keith, are you back with us? I was going to just inter- interject there. No, I reckon Keith's on a go slow there, and you'll have to drop out. There he goes, and he'll be All back right, to go on, keep going. So I, I'll take over, and he, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think the first memorable moment from Suarez in most people's memories is the save in the 2010 World Cup in against Ghana in the second round, the knockout stages. Um, is it a quarter final? Final, quarter final. a quarter final. Quarter final. What drives me insane though is that, like again, it's these moments that overshadow all of Suarez's career when people think about him, right? Because he's had an incredible World Cup up until this moment as well. Yeah. So he's been the driving force in that Uruguayan team. It's spearheaded by a young Cavani, a, an, a, an experienced forward and you have this lad who's just ascending to being a great in, in world football in real terms of what, what's going on. And everyone forgets what he's done up until now. And the worst thing that happens for Uruguay in one sense is that he makes the save, right? And the worst thing is that the first fella doesn't make the save. I keep going back to this, right? He's not the only person who tries to save the, 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 the shot, right? If you look carefully, the, the defender goes forced to save it. If the defender saves it, the same, uh, the same outcome happens. Your man blasts it over the bar. But they have Suarez in the semi-final. They don't have Suarez in the semi-final. So ultimately, he he causes his own fall down in terms of Uruguay and what they do. Um, but yeah, I think it's the first standout moment of of of, of Luis Suarez in the in in sort of the global um, memory and in terms of his impact on world football. And it's, it's a shame because his, his World Cup in 2010 is absolutely smashing. So it's it's uh, it's fantastic. But anyway, Keith, I was just interjecting, trying to keep this going while we're going. So. Yeah. Come on, keep no, going. no, no, it, it 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 sums up, you know what I mean? Like it, it was Suarez was that's when he puts himself on the on the scene. And I think we've all sort of become accustomed to that Uruguay team getting old and stale over the years with Cavani, with Suarez, um, with Diego Godin. You know, all these players, they were a great, great team, but back then they were an exciting team, as Phil touched on, you know, and they had got players for land, he had others, and Suarez was just a little bit of madness. Um now, look, people get annoyed when you talk about the Ghana thing that he, he cheated or whatever, but to me it showed somebody, the old saying, you know, he'd plug out your life support machine to charge his phone. Didn't give a bollocks. The fella did not care. He was the ultimate sort of win at all costs. He's player. the only He's the only player I've seen claim a penalty when a, when a goalkeeper kicked up a ball. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's a madman. He's a mm. madman. And I was genuine about that as yeah. well. Like. Yeah. But Absolutely that was the insane. first time for me. That was the first time for me when he comes onto the scene and he's doing that. And you're looking at him and he's distinctive looking because of his teeth. And he's he's got that little feral look about him. You know what I mean? He's yeah. a little, sort of little ratty little He has character. a rat look off me, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's, you're looking at him playing and there's certain players that you always get drawn to. Well, different people get drawn to different types of players, you know, but he was the type of player that I got drawn to. He's a little pest and he was the sort of, you know, a dirty little South American um, stereotype, and I was all over this. So for me, from that moment on, I'm like, right, where's this fella going? And then when he does eventually come to Liverpool, I was shocked that we even got him. But, yeah, Suarez, that was the first one for me where he comes on the same, but absolutely head case. And from early, was, early days, you know, he's a head case, you know what I mean? Phil, is that your was, earliest memory of him? No, mine is slightly early, earlier, um, and the reason for it is I was buried deep in sort of football at that stage. So I was sort of coming, what have been coming towards the end of playing? I probably just finished. So I was mad into just sort of looking at players and sort of being into, you know, a bit of coaching and all that type of stuff. So um, 
just sort of one of my mates as well. He his brother was involved in um, the football manager games, so he would have like lists of fellas and say, "Look, you should keep an eye on this fella. You should keep an eye on that fella." Right. So he was one of the the compilers for the game in terms of what was going on. So we started to get the heads up about these young fellas coming through, or what that were that looked like they were going to be decent players. Right? You know, before yeah. and you have to remember, two thousand nine to two thousand ten, you don't have the same sort of wall-to-wall video coverage of these fellas that are playing in in, in, in Holland in, in whatever it is. It, it was there, but it was much harder to get. YouTube was really only taken off at that point. So I, I remember just being told, could keep an eye on this fella? And I was thinking to myself, ah, this is another one of, what was your man's name that went to Chelsea who scored like 100 goals and 10 matches in Holland? And Kesman. The, the, Kesman, yes, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Like I thought, like this is another one of these lads, um, and we'd signed Dork out, and I'd always, I was sort of after we signed Kout, I was like, they go, not mad, you know, I'm not sure about the, can these fellas translate to actually scoring goals at any other league bar the Dutch league, um, but there was Brandon the classic really being the one that that was the outlier, yeah, yeah, it was, was yeah. the outlier that, that that was there, but in reality, that that's what it was. So I just remember being told about it, looking at him, thinking, yeah, he's got loads of goals. Then he went to the World Cup, and then the incident happened. But, but I was paying attention to him before the, as I said, to you, that's that's the reason because I just remember watching the Uruguay in those stages, and there's a little baldy fella playing in midfield as well. That was sort of the main reason I was looking at them. I can't remember. He was a little defensive midfielder. And at that stage, had Mascarano headed off and we were sort of uh, had a void of a, of a midfield at that stage in terms of what it was. The whole midfield had been picked apart. We'd had Alonso, Mascarano and Gerard up until now. We were going through the Roy Hodgson years and we had nobody and we were sort of looking at what was going on. Um, and then you just started watching these lads playing up front and you're just there going, your man's pretty good. Look at, look at him. Look, he runs around a lot and he and he does things and he does things you're not expecting. How does the ball how does the ball hit his shin and not go like ninety miles away from him? This fella is decent. And that's where it is. And obviously then the handball brings him into the yoke. And then I started paying a bit more attention to him, right? Um which will probably when we get into the controversies, but it's it's well, the con- well, I, was gonna, I was gonna go to the next of them signing for Liverpool, but there's controversy with Luis Suarez before he gets to Liverpool. Is it an incident at Groningen or OX? Oh, it's Ajax. Well, it's it's, it's both because if you start reading up there, before he goes to Ajax, he takes Groningen to court, the court of arbitration, to allow him transfer to Ajax. Right, so yeah. he's not holding back. But there's an right? on-field so issue that Ajax then. It's for, the force point. Yeah, he This is a big yeah, boy. Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Up man, Bacal. Bacal. Up man, Bacal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, fine. Because uh, to me, like this is, and, and I just want to say, Gavin, this is the one thing that when you said doing this, I said, yeah, because there's not many times you get to talk about a fella who's bitten somebody three times on the pitch, like yeah. not not once or twice, but three times on the pitch, right? And this is the force of it. And you start to think to yourself. He only got too much, too much bad at that stage, but he did pick up the nickname of the Cannibal of Ajax. That's before we saw him. I'm right there going, this, what's going on with this fella? He seems to be mad. I want to see what's going on. So yeah, for me, that's where I'm starting to, you know, when somebody grabs your attention, you're going to start keeping an eye on the results and you're going, mm. oh, there's he scoring again. Oh, and, and oh, he's bitten someone. What's this about? <laughs> this is a half well, the, the, sign, the signing of him by Liverpool. <laughs> actually um, suits him down to the ground. And what I mean by that is, it was a bit of a madness, and he seemed a bit of a madness. Because he signs in, I want to say, January 2011. It was, yeah. January 2011. Um, and it's it's around the time where Hodgson has just gone. Um, mm-hmm. Daglish has come in. We have Tommy Torres. There, we're, we're, we're looking to sign Suarez to play with Torres. Torres decides he's going to go. So it's a fucking madhouse at the time. Suarez Four days up. of madness. Yeah, but Suarez turns up, and like that, when he turns up, most Liverpool fans, I, well, me, I'm going to speak on my behalf, I didn't see any of them. All I seen was at the World Cup, and like that, 
a bit of a madman playing, handballing on the line. Gannon missed the penalty. He's jumping around the place. And I was like, he will get suit me down to the ground as well. Because at the time, Liverpool felt like we aren't going to challenge, but it'll be great to watch a bit of a madman. You know, um, and that's that's where we, the level we were at at the time. He makes his debut against a home to Stoke. He scores. I don't know how to give him the goal because I think it's Shawcross on the line ends up kicking it <laughs> off the post and across the line. But Big when he comes on, he's like this little stocky fella. Doesn't look the fastest. Looks like he's carrying a bit of weight. Goes through on goal, scores, runs to the cop. He's kissing his wrist and all. he's done everything at the start. And Keith, like just in the early parts of his Liverpool career, you know, he's hitting posts everywhere like he's hitting the post and crossbar everywhere he's shown glimmers of genius like the one away at Sunderland on the end line smashes by Mignolet actually in goal things like that but he's he looks like if only we'd known yeah but he looks like to me he's like he's, he's a madman he's a really good player but does he have that killer instinct and then it just but we, we love him from the start don't we you know, because I want to get a bit. I want to get to the one incident where I don't like him at Liverpool, but we we see from the early days that that half a season, and then Daglish goes, Rogers comes in, you know. But we see glimpses of this fella is insane in the head, and he's insanely good footballer at times. You know that that hat trick Coit gets where he takes on half the United team on his own in about six square feet and does the whole lot of them, but. We start to see what he's about, don't we? Before we get to, because I'm going to move to controversies next, but yeah. we start to see what he's all about. He's when Jurgen Klopp obviously wasn't at Liverpool, but was talking about heavy metal football when he was at Borussia Dortmund. Luis Suarez was heavy metal football. He was the epitome of heavy metal football on the pitch because from the minute he comes on against Stoke, he's he's involved. He's running around. He's like a blue arse fly running around. Let's just say the ball is bobbling. It's hitting off him. Very quickly, and and that will endear you to a, a crowd like Liverpool. You know, if you're a player that will go and it'll just be all action, it will endear you. And if you, it looks like you've a bit about you. And at that time, obviously, we're crying out for a hero as well. Liverpool yeah. love a Messiah, like yeah. no other team do. And Takes the number seven short. Torres. Yeah. We've lost Torres, and isn't he banned when we buy him? So we have to wait to get him onto the pitch. And he comes on. And straight away, you just see something in him. And you're like, yeah, this fella is, it's bobbly. It's its uncultured looking, you know, because he's not a silky um, South American player, you know, with the ball and doing tricks. Like, think of like Coutinho when Coutinho breaks into the team. It's, you know, very precise little round the corner passes. And all Suarez is just head down and run and bobble off that. And he's going through you, whether he's going under your legs or whatever, he is going through you. And, it was very different than what you'd seen in the Premier League at the time. You know, it was very different than a lot of world strikers at the time. And you're looking at him, and I suppose if I look at Darwin Nunes last year, I'm sort of seeing slight parallels. And I'm hoping we see a, an increase in goals with Darwin Nunes. But it's that sort of chaos that, yeah. that's on the pitch. Yeah, I agree with you. unpredictability. He, he, feels like he's, he, he feels like he's there with that skill, doesn't he? It's, yeah. um, you, see, you see what you say about the silky thing, right? Yeah. But he had so for me. Suarez reminds Amazing me of, as well. of of a nineteen fifties um, newsreel footage of a player with skill, yeah. right? So 
he seems to be taking a, a, a different age, but plunked into the modern day with all the athleticism and physicality of the modern day players. But with an ability to make the most perfect pitch look like an absolute war zone. Right and like literally, it looked like there was more bumps and chunkets and everything going out of the pitch because when he dribbled, the ball seemed to be bouncing all the time. If you go back and watch it, there's no, there's never a clean dribble. There's no silk in his genius, right? Yeah. There's genius. There is incredible skill, incredible brilliance, right? But there's no silk. He's like he's 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 the iron maker. He's he's the, he's is the metal fabricator, right? When everyone else is a uh, is is a fashion designer, he's out there making cranes. Do you know what I mean? But he's brilliant at making cranes, and it's like it's it's just best crane as, as maker in the world. Best crane maker in the world. Nobody's ever made a crane like it, right? And it's beautiful when you see the crane, but at the same time, you turn around and say, "I thought we were buying jeans. Now nah, I want the crane. I want the crane now." Do you know what I mean? It's just it's the just about, the thing about when he dribbled was, and I remember always saying it when we watched him at Liverpool was, people think he doesn't know what he's doing, yeah, with this, but he a hundred percent knows what he's doing. And because if you're looking at him and you're thinking, does he know what he's doing? You haven't a fucking clue what he's doing. And defenders didn't. Like Paul Giovanni says there, and I wanted to bring it up later, but I'm going to do it now. He says, when he started building the ball of players' hands just to get penalties. Absolutely. <laughs> like, he, does it, he, does it to, um, he does it to one of those curly-headed twins at United, right? At Old Trafford. Where he literally makes sure he controls the ball into this fella's hands and then demands a second yellow card. He wants this fella sent off. Yeah. He does it to James Tompkins, I think it is, at West Ham in mm-hmm. the run-in that season where the ball comes over the top, he takes it down and he knows he's not going to go by this fella. He's no interest in going by him. I'm just going to flick it up here. You're going to handball it and we're going to score a penalty. Simple as that. He The only thing, Gav, James a, Tompkins a was his kryptonite. Was his crib? No, it wasn't James. No, it wasn't James Thompson. It was the red-headed fella, wasn't it? The red-headed fella. James Collins. Yeah, James James Collins. Collins. Absolute crit. Whatever he had, right? He should have bottled it and sold it to every team in the league because whatever it was, it just Suarez gave up. It was the only time you'd see him give up in a game. (laughs) Going, I'm not going to get it. on the internet. Well, come here. The controversies, right? Surprised he didn't buy him. So the controversies. Um, somebody says there, uh, Brian says, his favourite Suarez moments when they're all kicked off at Anfield, and I think this is part of this first controversy against United, and he pulled Raphael by the hair, and Raphael yeah. went mad. And he just done it like, come here, you. You know, yeah. but the controversies, he's done for um, racially abusing Patrice Ever. He yeah. bites... Uh, uh, Three people. Chiellini, Otman Bacal, and... Ivanovic. So just, just taking the one out of Ajax, right? We have the 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 thing wherever you have the bite on um, Ivanovic, which funny enough he bites him right and stays on the pitch and then assists Sturridge to score in a two-all draw right. Um, Chiellini in the World Cup where he bites him and then pretends like this seat. fella's ran into me. <laughs> <laughs> this fella's ran into my open <laughs> mouth right. Um, the whole mouth. thing with Patrice Everett. <laughs> You know, it was mental and the follow on from it where he won't shake his hand at all, Trafford. He didn't give two fucks. Whether he was right, whether he, whether he was wrong, he didn't. He, he was, I've done it. I'll stand up to it. No problem. Um, Do you remember but, he gave the finger to the Fulham fans as well? Yeah. And yeah. I remember, I remember him going to Stoke. Amazing. I remember him going to Stoke and it was a League Cup game and they were throwing awful abuse at him. And I think Stoke might, have, I don't know if Stoke might have won the look, but anyway, he scores. Two fucking unbelievable goals. One he calls into the top corner and another a header. And he's just running around Stoke. He's running around with Hanya laughing his head off at these people because they were abusing him. When he turns back up after his ban after, after, um, Everett 
I think he misses the first five games of that next season. Or maybe it was maybe it was the Ivanovic one. And they're away at Sunderland and they're throwing all sorts of abuse from him. And we're in about five minutes. He's he's tapping in at the back post and he's like, Who gives up Alex? He's assisting and he actually scores thirty three goals in thirty three games, I think, uh, league goals yeah. that season. He's But he was bold about it. He, he he doesn't care, right? Like if you think about all the stuff we're talking about, right? He had an excuse. Even when he saves the penalty saves the, the shot in the World Cup, right? He turns around and says the hand of God belongs to me now. Like it's not even an apology. It's like this is just yeah. just yeah. the way it is. I've I've what I've just want? got one up. I've just got one up yeah. on um on thing, but but the con like boys, the controversies are mainly at Liverpool. Boys. He goes he goes to Barcelona and he's fucking brilliant at Barcelona. Yeah, like, yeah. He goes with let it go wins a league with them after being told by Barcelona he can't leave. So like he's brilliant at those. He goes off in Nacional, Gremio now and you know he's still scoring some absolutely brilliant goals. But centering around Liverpool, like but Gav, if you're going to say the, the controversial side, don't forget his uh, interview pleading to be released from his contract. Well, this Liverpool is the Arsenal. one I wanted to get to in a minute because, right? It's, right let me get to that in a minute. But <clears throat> like when you look at a fella that arrives in Liverpool in January 2011, leaves in the summer of 2014. So he's only there three Try years. Just over three and a half years, right? Um, I think it's about three years, yeah. So in that time... He gets thrown for racial abuse of Patrice Everett. I don't know how many games he gets for that. It might be four or five. Ten. Eight or ten or something. Was it ten he got? Um, and then yeah. he gets Ivanovic. I can't remember how many games he gets for that either. But I have a feeling that might be about seven. Yeah, because he misses the last two games game. of one season and five the next season. Because it's it's the season storage, 13, 14. Storage yeah. scores every, the first three games, one nil wins against Stoke, Villa and United. Storage scores in them all. And then we win, then we go to Sunderland, and then he's back on the fifth game, I'm nearly sure. Um, or the sixth game. But you have yeah. that, right? And then we we go very close to the title, 13, 14. He goes off to the World Cup and people are like, Are we keeping this squad together? And the minute he chills on Chiellini, we're like, not a fucking hope. This <laughs> is over. He's not coming back. I mean? Like he's literally he's literally fucking winking at the Barcelona reps in the yeah. in the ground going. I've sorted that for you. Get in there and sort that bit out. And we let him go for 75 million, which now seems like an absolute travesty. But just keep there's so much controversy in such a small three and a half year period. If you get this, you, 18 it's games, a I think point. someone said yeah, he missed. It's a great point. Like the brevity of his stay at Liverpool, and you consider the amount of games he's missed. Never I don't think he misses injury. the games injured. Never for an injury. No, all he misses 18 games for Liverpool enforced and I think they're all for bans yeah now you know it's it's one of them if he was on any other team he'd fucking hate him and I can <laughs> understand why, t- why other teams hated him and I can understand you know the, the Patrice everything you know we, we won't go into the the ins and outs of that one but you know he, he done it and the thing about him we touched on there did not give a shit you know and that's the that's the thing about Luis Suarez He's, he's a vindictive little bastard. You, you said about going to Atletico Madrid after Barcelona played and drummed about the gap as well there. Mm. And he, you can tell he wants to win that league for Atletico just to fucking yeah. stick arrives, Barcelona. Bruno Hallens says he arrives at Barcelona suspended as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he arrives there suspended. But, but the, the, the thing about it is, right, uh, we haven't touched on, on, on the everything, right, because of all the things, that's, the, that's probably the darkest moment. All the other stuff, there's an element of comedy in all the other stuff that goes on, right? And to, the, to this day, like, I remember, now you look back at it, and it's quite embarrassing about 
so there's a couple of things that that have always that I always sort of drum me up about this, right? Because the club itself could have got him off with any of the stuff. If you look at what Terry was able to get away with at Chelsea, uh, with yeah, you know, with um, Ferdinand, Ferdinand, not Rio Ferdinand, Dura Ferdinand, and his brother uh, Anton Ferdinand. Ferdinand, right? And was able to get away with it when it was like quite clear there was something something gone on there, right? Um, we turned up at Lionel Hutz into that inquiry that was going on yeah. and just hadn't had a breeze, right? But that was back in the comedy and madness days that was there, right? So like, there was, you, you couldn't you couldn't rely on on sort of capability being there at the club. The t-shirts were embarrassing, you know, because yeah. if that goes wrong, you just end up with egg in your face, and it, yeah. like it just it's, it's just all wrong. And then ultimately, when once it's once it's decided that you know that there's there's guilt and stuff like that, you know. It's probably the darkest moment in Suarez's whole thing. The, the reaction was, was, I still to this day think the reaction by the journalists and all is just, is, is as disgusting in terms of what they're trying to drum up. Um, there was no, again, with, 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 with what was trying to be sold at the time because the paper still sold. It was all about controversy and people buying papers. To, that was truly there. But, you know, I, if there was one thing you could take back, it's how that whole, um, matter was handled and how much better it would be handled today with the current regime that, that, that are in place in the club. It, w- it wouldn't have got to the state that it was. So that, that's the one bit that when, when I, when you look back on his career in terms of controversies, every other, every other part of the controversies we're talking about has an element of comedism, has an element of madness that you yeah. can live with, right? This is the one, this was the one thing that I think was, was out of order, right? In terms of what was there. Um, and, you know, there is that level of hate that, that that then exists between the two clubs and the two players, which which just feeds on the rivalry that exists between the two te- the yeah. two clubs and, and and whatever goes on that's there, and it does lead to some absolutely hilarious moments in Old Trafford after all the bands and everything goes on and they have to play each other and there's the no handshake and then there's the more that goes on. I think we lose in the game that day, but he scores in Old Trafford and it's yes. just, yeah. it's, it's, it's mayhem. Whatever that runs over and celebrates in front of him at yeah. the end, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, is he biting a hand or something as well? Is he biting a hand, a fake hand? Yeah, he's biting. It was all sorts. Yeah. It was all, yeah, there was bits of stuff everywhere. There was limbs everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> like you said, the, 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 the racist thing, to be honest with you at the time, Going on the evidence that was shown, or supposed evidence that was shown, I don't. He admits that he says um, the word that he says, yeah. right? Um, and I do remember people being called as witnesses. I think Dor Coit said, like you know, at the time it was said, and like there was, you know, I've heard it before on a pitch, blah 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 blah. Everyone's like, no, no, no. The t-shirts were mental. He gets the ban, and like the club, the club should have went to one of two ways with this. One, back him properly. And like mm. you said, you get them off, right? But you were up against Ferguson, you have to remember. I, I understand that, but the club, but I agree with Phil, I agree with Phil, the way the club handled it, both in the way oh, they yeah, defended well. them and the way they had T-shirts on was fucking insane. Or, but you know, that down to Kenny? Yeah, but, but it's still wrong. It's still wrong. The other stuff is just insane because if you watch the footage of him and Ivanovic, <laughs> there's no reason for him to do this. There is no <laughs> reason whatsoever. Right. Even the Chiellini one, it makes no sense. Right. The Chiellini one, he's looking at a ball coming over his shoulder to try to get yeah. onto, and instead of going for the ball, just turns that chewing on Chiellini. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Well, as Phil said, the comedy element is there because he's claiming that he gets hit in the teeth. You know what I mean? You know, like, well, it's that's the thing, point. and he's, like, he's pointing at the ref going, look, he's at the, he's yeah. the running into me mouth. You know, the sort of way. Absolute madness. But the one black mark, well, apart from the the the, the, the Rachel stuff and all that, right? 
the one black mark in a footballing sense between him and Liverpool Football Club is definitely the summer of 2014 for me because he wants to go. Um, Arsenal believe he has a buyout clause of 40 million and, um, he does. Right. Well, he, yeah, supposedly does. Arsenal bid 40 million and one pound and Liverpool just go, nah. Right. So Suarez decides, Fuck this. And he ends up in the Telegraph, I think, with like a four page, like, it's like a little book. Yeah, spread. Get it's like yeah, a spread yeah. you get on a Sunday, you know, a special, yeah. like a Nevin Maguire special on a Sunday in the Tribune or something. And <laughs> Suarez is in there, like, I'm training on my own. Um, you know, I want to go. They've lied to me, blah, blah, blah. And this, this, that, you know, I didn't like that from him. You know, if he wanted to go, he should have just kept his mouth shut and he probably, I don't know if he'd have got the move. But then lads, 13, 14. It would have been easy for him to turn up and go, I have a back injury. I'm not playing. He doesn't. He's living out his ban. He comes back and he absolutely pulls the Premier League asunder from start to finish. Keith, go where you want with this because there's so many goals. Like People are banging on about Norwich here. You know, Cardiff away. He just pulls the place asunder. Gets made captain, goes to White Hart Lane, bashes Spurs 5-1. Like he was just... Insane! It's the best season I've ever seen from a player. Wait, and I include Salah. Premier League. Yeah, I was built to say. And that. I include Salah's forty-four in that. And you can include Erling Haaland this year because yeah. I can't remember a single fucking goal he scored. Do you know what I mean? Now I know I'm not watching Man City, blah blah, and Mo Salah for sheer volume of goals. Yeah, unbelievable. But what Luis Suarez done that year? Because yeah, he. He does want out of Liverpool, do you know, and we were shy as well. I suppose you have to take that into consideration. He comes in, thinks he's playing with one fella, he's playing with a big bleeding donkey, then who's now out there, and it's not what he signs up for. He's trying to get out. I thought John Henry was great, yeah. Now, there's a release clause, yeah. We're not releasing them because it's Pep Guardiola, going back to that, it's Pep Guardiola's brother was his agent, wasn't he? Pep Guardiola mm. was Suarez's agent, and I think what he said was. Release clause in England isn't what it is in Spain. You know, in Spain, legally, they all have to have a release clause. And if you pay that to the league, you release the player. It's nothing to do with the clubs. In England, it's not that. It's just, look, meet this price and we'll give it a gentleman's agreement that will allow you to move. Gentleman's agreement isn't what the paper is fucking written on. So I don't live up here, we're great in that sense. But he wants out and you're looking at him and you're like, right. Is this fella, is the juice worth the squeeze with this fella? Because you're seeing glimpses of him and he's brilliant the year before and all that. Now, while but, this bit is in, he's banned. Yeah, <laughs> of course he he's is. banned. He's fucking banned. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it would have been easy for Liverpool to go, no, listen, get rid of this fella. He's fucking causing yeah. He's 18 games he's been banned for. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but he stays. Oh, and, he stays. And Rogers makes him train with the reserves, doesn't he? Rogers banishes him to the reserves or on his own, yeah. yeah. And uh, he comes God back knows what happens when he was there. He's probably biting yeah. lads all over the shop and they just give yeah, up, yeah. bring him back. But um, but it's funny because something that we touched on there, and I know we want to talk about the 13 14 season, but you know, Suarez goes and trains with the I think he does train with the 18s, does he? Or on his own, it, originally he's, he's on his own because when he, I think when he does the article, I think it was in the Telegraph, yeah. it's like I'm on my own train and blah 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 blah. and he might have been ended up training with 18s or 21s or whatever it was at the time. It wasn't 23s at the time. And then he's just back. Yeah. Then, then comes it just comes out control. that he's staying. Yeah. And, but it, it the comparison I'm going to give is if you think of somebody like Mario Balotelli at Man City 
And when Balotelli was getting bored, remember he's throwing darts at playing youth team players. He's putting out, uh, I'm not putting out, that's Joey Barton. He's, um, he's causing murder when he's not in the team. But you know what I mean? Like he's, he's a disruptive influence. And his career always stalled because of that. Luis Suarez is out on a, it's not a ban. Well, it is a ban. He's banished to the bleeding, to the stiffs. No, he's banned. He's, he's yeah, serving but, a ban for Ivanovic when all this is going on. Is he? Yeah. Right. He missed the so first five games well, of the season. Yeah, but he's banished to the... But was that... All right, well, fair enough. But he's banished that's in ster- anyway. That's Sterling and, and Sterling and Sturridge open up the season on fire and we're there going, hey, what? Yeah. Does, does it really matter? And then it's like, oh, yeah. You don't it need him. No, don't it does. When this fella comes up, it really does. But every... <laughs> every From his force When he starts out on National, he moves into Holland. And the reason he wants to go is because there's his girlfriend moves to Spain at a young age and he's like, well, my end game is I'm getting over the whole. So he moves to Europe very young, blah, blah, goes through all that. But every knock he's had, every single time, he's got better and better and better. There's never been a period in his career when he's declined. Or he's 36 or something now, whatever he is, and he's still playing well. Do you know what I mean? Like Some players, when they get a knock like this, they're gone. They, they crumble. <coughs> Luis Suarez just brushes her off. And he comes back. So he comes into that season on the back of a second boy, but second boy, man, like that's fucking madness. He bit two players, like, and he's coming back into the, and he tried to leave. And usually with Liverpool, that's it. He's fucking dead to us. He comes in and he's just, I think it's the best individual season. So the way. So the Premier League. Because he's, he's scoring goals. He's assisting. He's hunting teams down. He's just like, Stuff he's scoring headers from outside the box, yeah. you, you know. And I always remember this. I'm nearly a hundred percent sure it's Sunderland he returns against, and I think he scores the fourth goal there because I think I think it's a big switch from Gerrard to Storage on the right hand side. Runs the defense, crosses, he scores, and then I and then I think he might score one near the end where Sturridge is a lovely reverse by Sturridge and he passes across the goal and, and he runs to Liverpool fans and they're just, this is fucking mental. Like, because, and uh, Kev said it, I think it might have been a conversation with Gerrard that he ended up having and Gerrard like, went, look, just stay and see how this goes yeah. and he ends up staying. But Phil, like, there's so many moments in that season, you know, like I, I mentioned already, Norwich, just- Cardiff away. <sighs> he, 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 nutmegs, he nutmegs a fella at home to West Brom. Your man, the Jonas Olsen, was it? Yeah, and he just not makes him and smashes her in the bottom corner without even anyone blinking. And feel it was as the much half as that season, goal in that West Brom game as well, where he sort of flicks it around the side and comes around and just catches it in the half body. And the ball just it's like slow motion, like really aggressive slow motion where you're just watching, there's no movement, the ball just goes dead and just flies through the air and goes into the side. <laughs> but, but the thing is, like, Phil, we remember that season fondly, we probably should have won the league, right. <laughs> But genuinely, it's not a hard, like, you know, when you nearly win a league, you, I don't want to go mm. back and watch that. But you do want to go back and watch this fella because it was off the fucking scale brilliance. It was, there was no other word. Well, there's, there's so many moments, but the standout moment for me remains the header from 150 yards against Arsenal that doesn't go in and Kolo Torre misses the, volley. the volley. The volley. volley, yeah, the volley, yeah, of, of the yeah. corner, and then there's the header from like four thousand yards where he used sensible world of soccer from the header. The header is away to West Brom or, or home to West and Brom, just, and in the same like, game, I'm nearly sure in the like, same game, he just gets the ball, turns, nutmegs a fella, and before it's through your man's legs, he's smashing it in the bottom corner. It was insane. He scores four against Norwich twice. That's ridiculous. 
it's like it's just it's Norwich were just John having Rudy's nightmares. About, therapy. I'd say John Rudy yeah, still, still having therapy about him. That that goal from the halfway line where uh, where where Gerard's giving out stink to him. Uh, like he's going, yeah. Gerard's going to kill him, and he just pings it. All right, grand and fair enough. I let you, I let you get away with that one. You, you, you did right. Well, fair play to you. Just okay. So keep mentioning it, right? He has such a short spell at the club, and he scores so many goals in two seasons. Like he hits he sixty-nine hits goals in one hundred and ten games. He got in, yeah, in the league, and I think it's got it's it's, it's something goals. like eighty-three altogether because he's him and Suarez are, or Torres are very very similar. And yeah, they score. in 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 less than one hundred and fifty games, right? And when people ask me, how can you pick him like over somebody? I'm like, thinking, look, Michael Owen, who's, who was held until these lads started to appear as this amazing Liverpool legend and stuff like that, was there for eight years from 96 to 2004 and managed to score, I think it's like 200 goals in total. This fellow was doing it in three three seasons. In, 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 on the rate that he's on, he's on the most salary rate. You know what I mean? Like in, in that length of time, he was I going to score. up at 83 or 84 goals. 82 goals in 133 games. Yep. That's what, so. So his his rate is ridiculous, and those last two seasons, the the uptick in what he produces in the Brendan Rodgers team when he's part of that three man up top from from the moment Coutinho and Sturridge arrive in the January in the middle of that four season with with, with Rodgers right right the way through to the end of thirteen fourteen that is just we talk about the the three lads in Firmino Mane and Salah now in terms of what it was but watching that football watching that team there wasn't much going on behind them I hate saying this but there wasn't much going on behind them. all the problems were behind those three it was just, well that, it was it was yeah. Madden defence and hard work in the midfield that's what it was yeah yeah it was like if the and and the mad thing was if Henderson wasn't in that team the whole thing just fell apart because there's no legs there's no legs outside of the two lads that were outside it's of actually a very it's actually a very similar side to what you see in Liverpool for me 18, 19, 19, 20. In what, what I mean by that is the midfield just done its job and these yeah. three boys ran amok. Coutinho involved there as well. Whereas the difference in those two teams whereas we end up bringing in Van Dijk. But yeah. in the other team we're, ended, we're sitting there with Torre, Skirtle, Agar. Do you know the sort of way? Um, Random. And it was, that, that's like, honestly, the, 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 the excitement in football we played in 13, 14 was great. But I don't think it'll come close to anything else if Suarez isn't there because I just think everything oh, wow. about him is manic. He's, like we talk about, like you said, Keith earlier, Darwin Nunes causing mayhem and, and there's a bit of chaos about him. And I love that about him, but I think he needs to adapt. And I'd love to see him adapting the way Suarez did going into the um, 11 12 season, you know, where he's starting to score goals rather than hit posts and stuff like that. And I want to see that. But like, honestly, the, the stuff he was doing. The, the goals he was got the one away at Spurs, where he it, it comes back off a deflection, it comes into him, and he looks like he's going to shoot, and the defender just goes sliding out of the screen, yeah, and he just takes a touch and puts it in the corner. Then but he's then put you have through to... later on and chips, yeah, man. He just you have, that, you have that, the Newcastle goal against the, the goal Enrique's ball down the yeah, side over the right? shoulder. The skill that's involved in that, we 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 talk about when they think of the great Premier League moments, and they talk about <coughs> Bergkamp's flick and all, over to the the Newcastle Albert in the defence and, and spinning them and coming around and, and scoring the volley. That goal that's that Suarez scores is every bit as skillful as that because to be able to take the ball the way he does as it comes out of the sky, then throw about nineteen dummies in one one small movement, right? That sends lads all over the shop and then he rolls it in. It's like it it's ridiculous, and it's like. That's that's football joy. That was the moment that brought back. Like we've gone through the dregs. There's there's also a part of this that lifts where 
FSG had come in and we'd heard all these promises and nothing had really appeared on the pitch. So we knew it was better off the pitch and we were signing players and blah, blah, blah. But this was the first time something had happened since the since the 9 season. Because after 9 we'd gone through essentially five years of absolute collapse, right? Yeah. One year of sort of rebuild. Just half not knowing what we were up to, yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, then you have this... 13, 14, which kicks, kicks in from around the October time, which is, which is, which is, I think it's after the Ivanovic boy, is that the, the, he kicks in and he starts, he starts taking that. No, he, he bites, he bites, he bites at the end of the, the, the 12, 14 season. That's what and I'm saying. So he has the ban when he starts off ban, this season. He, he, he arrives back in, he arrives back in early September. I'm nearly sure away at Sunderland after missing the first four or five league games of the season. Because he only plays 33 league games that season. And I think he misses the first five because I don't think he misses another game. And I think he ends up with 33 league goals. He's never he slows down at the end of the season as well, doesn't he? He like, does. There's the last pace, three or four banging, games. But banging in, fairness, in goals. Like, yeah, that but even brings the numbers closer to games and goals. Yeah, but in Other fairness than that, him, he was racing ahead. He scores in the second last game of the season at Palace. Yeah. He doesn't score against Newcastle. But he, he doesn't score at home to City in that running. Um, Header. He's, I think he scores. Does he score away at Norwich? I think he might. Um, oh. Does he score away at Norwich? He scores four. No, 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 not not in that season. Um, not in that season. He didn't. Um, but he was. Ju- it was just if, like if you ever and people will most nearly all people watching this will remember Suarez from 13, 14. But if you haven't. Or you, you, you know, you're too young or whatever, or it's just slipped, you know, I don't know how it would slip your mind, but if it has, go back and type in Luis Suarez 2013 14 and just watch it unfold in front of you because well, it's, it's madness. But I hate saying it, Gavin, and it, it, we have to touch on it because he has a much longer spell at Barcelona than he does at Liverpool, right? And what he achieves at Barcelona is surpasses, surpasses yeah. everything he did, right? Yeah. And yeah. he puts himself like that season 13 14. He ends up puts, in the team he deserves to be in for me. Yeah, but he puts his name in thirteen fourteen. He puts his name in the in the conversation, and rightfully so, with being at a level that's equal to Ronaldo and Messi. Right? Like, let's be honest about this. Yeah, this thirteen is the, fourteen. This is the, levels, yeah. this is the level the fellas playing. A bit like Salah did in seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen, in around that time. And then he goes to a team that has Messi in it, and I'm waiting for say, well, he, how is he? He's going to be a bit part player, and it's not going to like he's got Neymar there as well. There's like there's only so many. Lights that can grab you in, 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 on a pitch, right? And at the time, and at the time, Messi wanted to play through the middle, if you remember. Yeah, but my God, he goes there and explodes. What, when you go back and watch the 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 highlights of those Barcelona teams with Messi, Suarez, and Neymar, it's very hard to think of a better attacking trio on top was, of their game. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's the best I've seen. It's the best. Strike! It's Nothing the best attack I've ever seen in sort of this this era. I think it's outrageous because if you look at the numbers and even Neymar is hopping numbers over. Yeah. Well, you see, Suarez I think that's is the period. Numbers over. Messi is getting played at ninety goals in this calendar year yeah. and all these sort of things like they're ridiculous. What they're doing, but I think it's he really, unbelievable. I think, I think without without throwing too much praise on, um, and probably it probably be a bit of fake praise. I think he actually remodels Messi a little bit because I think Messi. We're going back seven seven years ago now, are we? In around that, right? Yeah. And Messi at the time is 28, 28-ish, right? 27, 28. And I think Messi sees himself as more of a, I'm going to play up front and I just want to go and hunt goals. A bit like Ronaldo did. And Messi wanted to play through the middle. Name, and, and 
he, he turns up Suarez and he's, he's playing down the right hand side and, and all of a sudden Messi goes, no, hold on, this fella has to play through the middle. This fella must play through the middle because we get the best out of it. And I think it's the most productive part of Neymar's career because Neymar isn't playing for himself and having to fall on the ground all the time. He knows, just get it to Suarez or Messi and I'll probably get it back and score. And the three of them, the chemistry between the three of them was just off the charts. Like You couldn't stop them. You could not no. stop them. They had the pace. They had the, the physicality, the intelligence, the vision. And every one of them could finish. All three could finish. Like when you look at Liverpool's best three or anyone's three, you go, he's really fast. He's good in the air. That fella's a real finisher. These could all do it. And they were frighteningly good. And he, he des- I think he deserved, although we didn't want him going to Barcelona, he probably ends up in a team he deserved to be at right in the middle of his peak. Yeah. Because his, his trophy hall at Liverpool, he only wins the League Cup. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. this fella, you know, it's right. Liverpool are in a great side when he comes into the team. Rodgers, what you, whatever you think of Rodgers, that 13 14 season, he looks like he's after getting the Moidas touch out. But the reality is, it was all down to Suarez. And, you know, that's not to diminish the role of Sturridge, Sterling, Coutinho. They were all excellent with him. But you're right. If you don't have Suarez in that team, no party. He goes in there then to Barcelona and it's a team that are winning leagues and people will say oh yeah it's not impressive going to Barcelona with Messi it's, no, it's the third all-time goal scorer in Barca's history like yeah. the numbers mm. he does is fucking scandalous there but I'm looking it's, at it here outrageous he got in the 14-15 season he only plays uh, 43 games in total only gets 25 goals but he's banned from the start of that 15-16 <laughs> right he plays in the league. He gets like 60 games. goals, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets in, in the league. He plays 35 games, gets 40 goals, and in all comps, he plays 53 <laughs> and scores 59. 59 goals in a fucking season. Do you know what I mean? Like, 59 it, goals. Yeah. I know we talked about. I bet you Messi got a rake as well. Then you know what I mean. It yeah. wasn't like he took it on the blade and he, like the slack. He, he goes it's to Barcelona. He's in his. He's in his. He's at absolute element there. He's yeah. he's he's at his final destination. Like you said, he's young. His his, his wife or girlfriend at the time moves to Spain, and he that ends the up end there. Game, yeah. And he's in his absolute element. He goes with Letty go after all the issues at Barcelona. They decide not to keep him. He goes with Letty. He wins the league at Letty. Like you know, it's not like he turns up there and goes, "Or I'll get me a few quid here." My last couple of years in Spain, and I'm out of here. He wins the fucking league with them. You know what I mean? And he's yeah, no Messi problem. only got 41 goals that season, just pointing out, right? Did Messi he? only got 41 oh, that season. 41 yeah. and, Ney- and Neymar got 31. Now think about this for a second, right? One fella got 59 goals, another fella got 41 goals, and another fella that played up front got 31 goals. So it's 131 goals between them. Goals. What's going on there? Like, yeah. like if, if you're not talking about that one season, because they win the treble that year in terms of what's there, right? If you're not talking about that one season and the contribution to three, those three produce to get there right you're never going to think of the fellas that were playing behind him. Hey, and, and, and this is this goes back to we talked about Suarez Sturridge and Sterling in terms of the the, the the three S's that we had right and we have what's up until then our best attacking season we've we could ever remember in in, in modern history and then you go and he goes there and he he, he surpasses that with two other fellas who's the best player we've probably ever seen yeah. One of Brazil's greatest in the last 20 years, right? And he's pr- arguably the greatest Uruguayan player that's ever played. And I'm probably, there's, there's no argument about it. He is the greatest wow, Uruguayan player greatest, that's ever yeah. been, right? And they produce numbers. Oh, normally, that never happens. Normally, you get, you get three and then something happens that one doesn't tick, right? 
these lads click and it's like it's it's unbelievable. I hate Neymar for going to PSG, right? Because it's like they should have more Champions Leagues off the back of uh, he shouldn't have gone. It's like do you know what I mean? Sometimes when you're part when you're in, when you're part of the best group in the world, right? Going solo just wrecks it for everyone, and he wrecked it for everyone. Right? Mm. I, I hate, did, yeah. and that's and for for every other reason, I hate Neymar. That's up. That, that's that's gone top of the list. I hadn't thought about this before. That's gone top of my list now. <laughs> yeah, right. God, Phil's yeah. gonna like just going on mad <laughs> from Neymar hating. But Laszlo says his football brain was elite. Yeah. You can't improvise the finishes he did and beat players for former. It was serious football IQ. So that's where I want to finish on this, and um, we finish this out. Where does he rank? In this era's number nines, and when I say this era's, I'm probably talking from the 90s onwards. This era, Keith, where does he rank as number nine? I think nine? he's the most underrated elite footballer of this period. I'd okay. put, I'm going to put Ronaldo ahead of him, uh, Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah. But when even when you do that, you're doing that on the early years of his career before his knee injury. Now I know, am I gone again? No. No, no, you're still there. We're still listening to you. Still love you. No, he's gone. He's gone. Go on. I'll, I'll ask him now in a minute. Where does he rank, Phil, for you? Number nines in the last 40 years. Where do I think he should rank or where does he rank for me? Where does he rank for you? In in, in terms of... See, I don't regard him as a central forward. I think he's he's the prototype of the... the he liked to drift wide and come in. It's a bit like Dwayne Salah likes to be wide and come in, right? But okay. in, in terms of forwards, because I don't think... Again, this this tree up top has, re, has removed the wingers and, and wide forwards. It's just the forwards, right? Yeah. And for me... He is, I think in the last 20 years, he's, he's, he's top five. It's very hard. And I'll, I'll give him a five. Like Messi's, Messi's there at number one. Oh, you're going forwards. Okay. Yeah, well. This yeah, is, just the forwards of, across that forward line. I'm wishing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Messi's there at one. Ronaldo's there. Too. And you, you have to say Cristiano Ronaldo. For Fortunate. the numbers he puts up, right, in terms of what he was. And he played across the tree that was there. And then you're into conjecture. This is where the debate goes, right? Because I think Suarez and numbers alone has a very strong argument to be number three in that list, right? Yeah, I do. I think got, he is, yeah. But you've also got to you've also got to pay the respect to Benzema because his longevity that he's had at Incredible. Real Madrid and Lewandowski, he's maybe Lewandowski and the, the other fellow I give it is Salah. If if you look at if you look at those six, well, yeah, you if, you're, yeah if you're if you're not going pure number nine, yeah, Salah is what I would do in there. But if you're going to go back to the early 90s, you have to put Van Basten in there. You know what I mean? No, I mean Van, Van, Basten, ba- ah, Van, Van Basten was a joke. Yeah, but Van Basten's more or less retired very early. Do you know what I mean? You're, yeah, you're going Van back Basten. to the 80s if you're bringing yeah, in. Ah, no, so I don't think 30. so. You said twenty. You said the last twenty years, which which oh well, right, but we, if the in the last twenty years then that's two thousand and three onwards. The twenty fourth century. So from two thousand onwards, let's go. So the only one that you could potentially throw in that no, see, I, 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 where is? Are you going to go with Torres? Torres' career is ruined after three seasons at Liverpool, and let's be honest about it, it's completely ruined. He has two incredible seasons, and after that, yeah. falls off in terms of what's there. Um, who else? You've got Lewandowski, Samuel Eto'o would be players that would be in the mix, but he's better than them. Yeah, they're not on his fucking level. Even Benzema, I don't think, is on his level. At Lewandowski, I think he's clear to them all. Like I think in the in the last twenty years, Jesus Christ, I don't think. Anyone comes closer than Ronaldo and Messi to be totally honest. Some lads are saying Henri. Henri? Yeah, Henri, yeah. But you see, the thing is. I, I, I think I think there's two I think there's two arguments here. I know where you're coming from. If you're picking forward lines, you could definitely look at Henri. 
you could definitely look around Rue Van Nistelrooy if you're coming from 2000 onwards. You could definitely look at um, Lewandowski or uh, Messi, Salah. But in my mind, Luis Suarez is a centre-forward. Like, he's a centre-forward. Bang, he's a centre-forward. And centre-forwards was in the last 20 years, just down the middle, because I don't consider Henri a centre-forward. Down the middle, centre-forwards, I think he's 100% in the top three. And I'd argue you'd probably only put Ronaldo in front of him. And I mean Brazilian Ronaldo when I say that. After that, the goals, the numbers, the different clubs he does at that, the contra- even the controversy adds to his value for me because he just keeps coming back from this stuff and keeps doing it. He's a body. You know what I mean? He's yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have him, I'd have him as, as, a, as a centre forward in the last 20 years. For me, he's 100% in the top three. Centre forward? Who's ahead of him? Ronaldo's ahead of him. In the last 20 years? Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. I'd put him ahead of... Which route? Brazilian Ronaldo? Brazilian Ronaldo, yeah. No. I'd put him ahead of him. Ah, no. No. I would, yeah. I'd put him ahead of him. I think Brazilian Ronaldo in the 90s was phenomenal. He was the phenomenon. He comes back and he's excellent. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But I think the thing with Brazilian Ronaldo is you base it on... He was brilliant after the injury, but what he would have been before it I think if, if we're cutting off at 20 years so we'll give you Ronaldo then maybe who else Um well I would have had Ron Owen as the best in the last oh, when I yeah but well, who else I um I don't think I, I think you have to look at, at Cristiano Ronaldo as well because Cristiano Ronaldo when he go, leaves United he ends up as a centre forward very quickly at Real Madrid and his numbers are fucking off the charts no, I, I think Cristiano Ronaldo is the ultimate number nine that we've seen in the last 20 years. And people can disagree with me in here because of what, because of, of, of who he is and stuff who like that. But if, but if you want to talk, if you want to look at a fella who just dominated the position, which he did once he goes to Real Madrid, you, you could, you could say he doesn't exist pre Real Madrid and just look at his Real Madrid numbers and that puts him in the, in the bracket that says yeah, he's I the think, best centre forward. Because I, I think he goes to Real Madrid in 2009 and we're in a year and a half he's their centre forward. He's no interest yeah. in running wings. He's anymore. not playing wide. He's not playing wide. No, if no, he is, no. it's only no. the odd time he's going to do Yeah, no, channel. he's not interested in running the wings no, anymore. He realises that. He's positioning himself centre. He's six foot one, box. six foot two. He's brilliant in the air. He has pace to get in behind. He has a knack for scoring goals. He's a really good finisher. Fuck this. Why am I standing out wide? And Real Madrid loves signing wide players. Bale shows up, all this sort of stuff. And Ronaldo goes, I'll just go in there and I'll just score a fucking bag load. And he did. And I think the two Ronaldos, if you're not letting me have an R9, I still think Cristiano Ronaldo as goal scoring in the last 20 years is, is ridiculous. And I think. So people have mentioned David Villa, Zlatan Aguero, right? Paul Giovanni, I w- yeah. I will, I will, I will counter that and say, None of them have the productivity. If you take away Cristiano Ronaldo, none of them have the productivity across teams and leagues in the same way Luis Suarez does and has that vindictiveness in the productivity. Right. So he's replicated what he'd done at Ajax to Liverpool to Barcelona to Atletico Madrid. And through those times, he maintains a standard that's, that sits at a certain level that can't be compared. And, and that's where, that's where I would argue back in terms of when you're looking at these, for me, it's Benzema. Um, and Lewandowski is the ones that you have, the three that you have to have the conversation with because Lewandowski has done it at multiple clubs and continues to keep that same threshold in terms I of think, what's there. I think he's Lev- a better yeah, footballer I, than he's given. I think, I think Lewandowski, Lewandowski will be further up in the, in the, in the chart in my head if he'd have left Bayern Munich a little bit earlier. 
and yeah. went and went to Barcelona earlier or England earlier or something. I went to Italy and tried it, but he 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 does everything he can at Bayern and heads off the Barca, and he's seen out his career. I think if Lewandowski goes to say a, anywhere in maybe two thousand and fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, you'd be kind of going, yeah, he's gone there at twenty eight, twenty nine, and he's fucking look at him. like you know what I mean? It's a joke, um, but. Just, just on, on on the other side of it, Gav, Suarez remains my favourite Liverpool player of all time. Yeah, uh, I, John think, I think is I think, my favourite Liverpool player. I think no, I think I think Salah is the best, followed by Barnes, and then but my favourite player for what he did in the pitch, right? To the comedy he gave me off the pitch, to the the edginess and the like. You mentioned the chaos, like. Darwin Nunes is a poor impression of the chaos that Luis Suarez brought to a football pitch because you didn't know if you were getting four goals or a boy or yeah. who knows what, right? Mm. Like you, you, you didn't know, and it could all happen in the same game. <laughs> and the best thing is, no matter what happened, it didn't affect him. He'd come back 20 games later after being banned and he'd score a hat trick and he'd laugh and he'd wave at everyone and everyone would love him because he'd give him a big smile. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Don't forget, was. at the end of 2013 14, after everything that was written, He's voted Football Writers Player yeah. of the Year, the, play, the the Premier League Player of the Year, right? And he also wins the European boot. This is a year removed from racism, biting lads, right? Being banned at the start of the season for biting fellas, being hounded by the English press to get out, destroying England then at the World Cup. They don't know, and to this day, they still don't know how to manage Lewis Suarez when it comes to writing who he is and what he represents the game yeah. of football. I think he's so hard to talk about. Other than, yeah. you know, just what, from what you've seen. Other than that, it, who knows what about him. Jerry says, Suarez, my favourite Liverpool player. And to be honest, the best individual I've seen too, by a hair over Gerrard. It, it'll always be John Barnes for me, unless someone, but I, I, I adore what Lewis Suarez done at Liverpool. Um, I loved what Fernando Torres done at Liverpool. Gerrard goes without saying. And I think Salah right now, we're living in a, an era where when Salah finishes up, you're kind of going, it's a bit like when Carragher gets the, the, you know, gets close to the appearance record and you're kind of going, no one's getting near that again. And that's what Salah feels like to me. Nobody's getting near this again because he's off the chart, Salah is. But Luis Suarez, what a career. Um, from goals, assists, handballs, bites, racism, uh, all sorts, going from this club to that club and still turning around. And I still think my favourite bit of the whole lot is when he goes with Let It Go Madrid, wins the league and has no problem letting Barcelona know about it. Um, yeah. Because even though he's oh, been brilliant at Barca, he's like, yeah. fuck you. You know what I mean? Goes back, goes back to Anfield. On his way back to Anfield, he's dropped off in the summer to say hello to Klopp and have a crack and a bit of chat, goes to the Champions League and basically is an absolute bollocks. While Royals, every Liverpool fan that exists in Anfield up that night, right? People going bananas over him. And I'm sitting there breaking my heart laughing going, lads, you cannot cry about a fella that when he did it to everyone else, you literally stood up, clapped and made songs about him and, 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 and cheered him on. Yeah. This is what he is. This is what he's about. And this is why he is the phenomenon that, that he's going to be. And also, when he turns up into Miami and plays with Messi after pretending to retire, right, yeah. in, in only in WWE fashion, because it's, it's yeah. the only way it's going to do, let's not forget that Phil Neville is managing him. What's no, going gone. on? He got the bullet. He's gone, he got gone the bullet. did he? Yeah, he's oh, gone. He's gone. That would have been amazing, though. It would have been amazing. Do you reckon like, he's still... 
Oh my God, Gav, do you reckon he's still going to turn up like Brian Robson when Terry Venables turned up? No, no, like, no. Here. I don't think he's going to turn up. Go, and I'll go on. Look, just listen to this fella here, but I'm really in charge, lads. <laughs> like, like the Miami version of the office for fuck's sake. Um, well, you look at, before we do finish, you look at him, right? So he, he wins the league with Atletico when he goes there. Then he wins the league at Nacional when he goes back. He only goes back for a few months to get them over the line. I don't think they're winning anything at Gremio. But he's still putting in goals. He scored a blade in Butte there last week. He's gonna love it in Miami. He's gonna absolutely yeah, love it. Great time Miami, with Messi and yeah. Busquets. Busquets is gone as well. Yeah, they're all Getting gone, the band back together. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, look, I would be amazed if that fella is if we don't see it in a, uh, some type of paper interview, four page spread in the telegraph or something yeah. soon. Where a bit like Bad Astuta, he's he's actually saying that he can't walk with the pain anymore because to your point, he's never injured. He's like Salah, he's never injured. No, never these injured. fellas these fellas are lined up for knee replacements and guarantee you at the age yeah. of about thirty eight because knee, hips, all everything. They play yeah. every minute, they never yeah. get injured, and they play at a pace and yeah. a pounding on the body that isn't natural to anyone else or any other team that goes on because you don't see it anywhere. I'm, I'm still, I'm amazed he's still able to walk. That's, still a great point. That's a great point because people are talking about Zlatan and Zlatan playing until he's 41. But like Ryan Giggs, well, more so than Ryan Giggs, Ryan Giggs sort of retired at about 33 and played the occasional game for the last seven years. Zlatan sort of was active, but he doesn't play like Suarez. Like yeah. Nobody plays like Suarez. No. Suarez yeah. plays like he's on the blade street still and he's just kicking lumps out and he's putting his body on the line and he's he's just phenomenal. Like, I think outrageous. I think it's definitely a watch this space. I genuinely because I would I would a hundred percent um like I'd a hundred percent like back the notion that he's going to say to Graham lads, I can't do it anymore and then he just yeah. rocks up in Miami two weeks later. I just I just <laughs> I, I just it just has to be. It's, I it's was just here perfect, in holidays. It's the perfect finish. <laughs> yeah. It's the perfect finish. And like he's playing for Miami and Grammy are ringing and going, I thought your team was full. Ah, I'm only giving them Still a contracted with them. Still I'm contracted gonna, with Grammy playing yeah, for Miami. Yeah, I'm going like to give them a dig out, lads. Bigamist, is it when you marry someone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. It'll be the perfect ending to what was just a manic manic career. Um, look, I've No, really do you know what he's going to do? Do you know what he's going to do? He's going to use the Italian passport. He was trying to get to move to Juventus. We never even talked about this of controversy. This is going back to the head, right? Do you remember he was faking his European ancestry so he could get an Italian passport so he could be classed as a homegrown player at Juventus for a move that didn't come off? It's like it's literally just come back to me in my head. He's, he's, he's fucking great, isn't he? He's absolutely oh. great. Um, but look, I've really enjoyed that with uh, an hour and tenish minutes uh, with Phil and Keith. Um, link is in the description for our charity. We're only three thousand short of our twenty thousand target. So if you can donate via the link, if not, copy the link. Friends, family, colleagues, canteens, and work. Phil might stick it to the back of his bike when he's driving around, and people might donate <laughs> wherever it might, might be. Stick we it on the need, back of our jerseys. Yeah, we need to get yeah. to this twenty grand. Um, we won't stop until we will. And thanks a million for everyone that helped us so far. But this is the final push now for the women running the. Dublin Marathon um, later on this year. Rest of the week, we're on. I'm on tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday night, uh, Kevin Keith are going. No, not Kevin Keith. Kevin Chris are going through some uh, classic Liverpool games, and um, they've had some belters over the last few weeks. And I'm sure they'll have more on Thursday. We're off Friday. We're off Saturday. We'll be back Sunday. But if Liverpool sign someone on Friday or Saturday, sure, we'll be back for that as well. Um, Can I Keith, give a suggestion for a show? Yeah. 
Go on. No, it's it's not that I'm going to be on it, right? But just just a, a thought, something that came into my mind when I was thinking about this today, right? It's like, and for all the hassle and 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 abuse they're getting all the time, right? Can you think of an ownership group that isn't a sports washing body, right? That has put nearly as many legendary footballers into a club as FSG have done since 2010. I'm straight about this. I'm, this is 100% straight, right? Because when you think when you think of the teams that have been assembled since Klopp has got in and the players that have got in there, right? And we talk about them as being all-time Liverpool greats in a relatively short period, right? Mm-hmm. Has another ownership group done the same job at any other club in the world? Man City's because they've no legends. Sports washing. Sports washing, hundred percent. Take, take, yeah, take the sports. Take that out. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. we can think that up, and you'll ha- you'll have to come on and do that. So I didn't know where you were going. Walk, with the I'm not letting you rock in yeah. here with suggestions and go. Well, by the way, lads, go on authorities and just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. you know what I, mean? I thought so. that was a little wind up one to get at the old FSG crowd, but you, it's actually no. A good Phil point. has no concept. It's of the a good FSG point. Crowd. No, but it's a, good, it's a great point because you bring in Suarez, you bring in the current crop, you bring in one of our greatest of our managers, like. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Hmm. Anyway, um, I think it's maybe, worth maybe, having a conversation. Maybe, maybe we can have a think about that and throw it into a show next week if we can get Phil and he's not on his bike. Keith, anything else before we go? Because I really want to go. Can we do another when? show when Suarez signs for Miami? Yes, yes. If Suarez signs for Miami. If Suarez signs for Miami, it's just going to be us three drinking cans, laughing our fucking heads <laughs> off for about an hour, right? Phil, anything else before we go? No, I can't come on the show next week because I'm actually cycling up a volcano next week. What days? Um, basically, I'm I'm off doing hot weather training from next Monday to the following Thursday. Hot oh, weather training. <laughs> he's fucking. He's throwing an extra light on in the sitting room while he's on his bike. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture. I'm right. off. I'm off up training up a up a volcano. Okay. Well, we get you the week after then when you have when you Alt- have Alt- altitude and speed. Okay. Right, Jerry makes a suggestion. <laughs> Chelsea, Barca, Bayern, um, maybe so. Um, and somebody reckons um, that he will turn that's, up. That's flawed, by the way. Boyce. That's flawed. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. We can argue in two weeks. Well, uh, Boyce, we're not exactly clean the on one, either. The Boyce one says he'd rock a Miami with a biker-style beard and a new name. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he made it that as well. That has been um, all about El Pistolero, Luis Suarez. What a player. What a man. What a fucking lunatic. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Podcast Network.